We open, where else, at sea, as the Joes move to intercept some Cobras hanging out in the Caribbean. And have I mentioned yet how dumb these new planes with the shark mouths on them look? Like, I know there's a long tradition of these in the real military, but that doesn't make it any less dumb looking. During the ensuing fight, Lifeline throws some Cobras a... life... Line and oh good, we're doing a pacifist in the military story. Look, this made slightly more sense when they did it with first aid on Transformers, but only slightly. I mean, I get it. I'm an actual pacifist my own self. That's not a joke or anything, I actually am. And one way I try to honor that philosophy is by not enlisting in the military, which has been completely voluntary since 1973. Okay, so I was a defense contractor for a lot of years, but my hypocrisy is not on trial here. And okay, the show is actually showing us how a pacifist can still be a big damn hero, as Lifeline jumps in to save these civilians whose yacht got sunk in the battle, which then makes this pretty lady fall in love with him. Oh, okay. Maybe this'll be more the girl who loved Power Glide than the ultimate weapon. The girl's father, who is obviously rich, not just because of the yacht, but because of the ridiculous voice he speaks with, is Mr. Van Mark. He expresses confusion, upper-class confusion, of course, over why Cobra would bomb his coconut milk bottling plant here in the Bahamas. I'm just gonna step in here and speculate that this guy probably didn't get rich bottling coconut milk, but maybe I'll end up being wrong about that. Maybe Cobra has some kind of elaborate mind control scheme involving coconut milk this week. That seems equally plausible. Also, the girl who loves Lifeline is named Bree. This is probably information we'll need later. Meanwhile, at Cobra HQ, oh, hey, Serpentor, I remember that guy. We talked about what a big deal he was supposed to be for five entire episodes, and then he just sort of completely ghosted on us apart from the occasional cameo. But now he's back, and he's shoutier than ever. I want Van Mark out of business now! Now! Tell me again why this guy was a better choice than Cobra Commander. Back with the Joes, Lifeline helps Junkyard and now has completely won me over because dogs are great. Boy, you guys are learning a lot about me in this one. Lifeline receives a gift-wrapped platinum Swiss army knife from his new girlfriend, and I suddenly just realized that every time a Joe has a love interest, it's treated as kind of weird and all the other guys on the team rag on them for it. Unless they're dating someone else on the team. I mean, I understand the concept of good-natured ribbing, and, you know, it happens in real life, but the message this show seems to be sending to kids is don't kiss girls, they're icky. Not that Lifeline is interested anyway. I can't accept this gift, he says, which I get that. But then he asks for someone to fly him to New York to return it, so I guess it's okay to throw the government's money away, but not a civilian's? Meanwhile, the Crimson Twins and the Dreadnoughts break into Van Mark's mansion wearing these discreet trench coats. I mean, they're still using a chainsaw, but points for trying, I guess? Then they almost force Van Mark to sell them his company, so I guess the Crimson Twins haven't completely dropped their action businessman images. But uh-oh, here comes Lifeline to return his gift. This is just like Die Hard! Uh, okay, not just like, but it's a little like Die Hard. Until they knock him unconscious with a vase. But hey, here's the guy who flew Lifeline up here. I think his name is Lift Ticket? And he knows how to throw a punch. Mind you, he punches both Crimson Twins at the same time when everyone knows you just need to hit one of them and they'll both go down. But again, these two just made a special trip to New York to return a knife, so efficiency is not exactly priority one. Naturally, Bree gives all the credit to Lifeline. Boy, she's got it bad. And he tries his best to let her down easy. Go ahead, heel. Tell her you don't want her gifts. Mm, break her heart. 
Okay, I know I just criticized the way these guys constantly tease one another, but that got a laugh out of me. The Crimson Twins slink back to base and get yelled at some more, but the Baroness believes they can turn Bree's interest in Lifeline to their advantage. The uncomfortable gifts continue rolling in. Lifeline receives this outfit, which he describes as a new uniform, which seems ridiculous on the surface, but remember that this show has a weird idea of what constitutes a uniform. She also sent pink limousine ambulances, which again, would be out of place in an actual military outfit, but would probably fit right in next to those dumb tiger planes. Except, uh-oh, inside those ambulances are a whole bunch of battle android troopers. Looks like the Baroness delivered on her implied threat from two or three minutes ago. Also, I guess a civilian can just have a bunch of vehicles sent to a military base and nobody will bother to look inside to see if there's anything in there? Seriously, this is not Bree's fault, you guys. Nevertheless, she leaps into action, unveiling her latest gift for Lifeline, a solid gold helicopter, which seems highly impractical. And it is! It gets in the way of the other Joes attempting to defend the base and causes a bunch of them to crash. Despite this, the Joes eventually fend off Cobra, which means now it's the Baroness's turn to get yelled at by Serpentor. Lifeline tries to let Bree down again, but this time she just steals a Joe helicopter, and if this episode does not end with her in jail, I'm going to be very disappointed. And speaking of shady members of this family, oh look! Tell us the truth, Van Mark! Yeah, what makes Van Mark Industries so special? Why, among other things, we make classified weapons, high-tech weapons used by armies around the world. Nailed it. Of course, the question now is, how did G.I. Joe not know this? Bree lands her stolen helicopter at her family's ski lodge, which Lifeline defends non-violently by lighting a giant gasoline fire. Lifeline, buddy, I'm not sure you entirely get how pacifism works. The rest of the Joes show up and finish the job. Lifeline kisses the girl, who is somehow inexplicably not led away in chains. She even talks about the possibility of joining G.I. Joe someday, which... No, you know what? That actually makes total sense. 